1: Good afternoon it is a couple minutes after four and you are listening to the Tim DeMoss show on AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app which you're welcome to download free from WFIL.com the kind of cloudy little sunshine here or there thing continues I'll take it nice day 73 the high down to 57 the night still on the cloudy side tomorrow maybe a quick shower Burst of sunshine here there. Tomorrow's high 70. Sunday, a little different, though. We actually start off with some sun, looks like. Cloudier as the day progresses. High of just 58, though. Bit of a rude awakening compared to what we've had the last few days. Big game last night. Eagles snuck it out at the end. They got the win, 22-21 over the Giants. Wasn't pretty, but it's a W. Actually puts them in first place right now. 2-4-1. Dallas is two four and zero. Washington one five and zero. And the Giants one six and zero. And you know, not that I want to get off on a rabbit trail with this, but the reality is, you just got to do what you got to do. What's in front of you. And some years you might win thirteen games and still, you know, come in second or something. So, so what if they're two four and one? They're in first place, and you still have more than half the season to go to hopefully have an upward trajectory, get in the playoffs, and see where they can go from there. World Series Game Three is tonight at eight oh eight. Dodgers and Tampa Bay that series tied at a game apiece. also some good news we're making good progress in our partnership with Transworld Radio thank you so much Cheryl in Philadelphia did the cost of one radio that's $50 Tori in Whitehall also did a $50 gift Renee in Norristown said count me in I want to do one Deborah in Doylestown said I'm up for two Daniel in Malvern said I'm doing 20 Wow, clear the deck. How about that? John in Bordentown, New Jersey says, I'll do three. Clifford in Silverdale did one. These are all new folks who have jumped on board either by calling 888-988-5656, 888-988-5656, or WFL.com and donated there. We're working with Transworld Radio for a few weeks, looking to do 56 radios a week on the average by the time we're wrapping up. And we're, we're getting there. We're a little off pace, but we're actually starting to catch up a bit. And uh, as a side note to this, every nine radios that come in, we have an anonymous donor willing to chip in a tenth. So that actually helps make the goal happen even more quickly. Most importantly, you're providing life for someone, and actually probably a lot of people, uh, to hear the gospel. Transworld Radio has been at this since the 50s. We've partnered with them in the past. If you've listened to the station any length of time, you're aware of that oftentimes to help build a transmitter to get the gospel message out in many different languages around the world. This time, the focus for us is on the hardware itself. And just really glad to report, uh, and I want to do some math here. I did not have a chance to take the latest figures and get to exactly where we are. But 168 is the overall goal, and I think we're around 60, which is a nice jump. We were around 32 yesterday. So I'll get to the full numbers as I get a chance to do some math here during the program. Um, so there's that. A couple of things also happening this hour, several, try and pack it all in. Reverend Ar- uh, Earl, Reverend uh, Al Sharpton's going to join us for a few minutes. He has a new book out and uh, I took a look at it and just wanted to, you know, not exactly normally what I would uh, typical guest on this program, but I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's have some conversation. So he's going to join us for a few minutes uh, on the back end of the program. We'll have uh, now that punny, our fun pun segment returns, after a quick hiatus, and sandwiched in between something kind of neat. I've been doing radio for a lot of years, and I've done a lot of interviews over the years, and I managed to dig up one. Very thankful, was able to find one that I did with Tug McGraw from January of 2000. Now I mentioned, I guess, a couple of days ago on Wednesday, it was the 40-year anniversary. Of the Phillies winning the 1980 World Series, and I was grateful. I was actually there as a 12 year old with my dad in the upper right field seats. My dad is now 92 years young, and I'm realizing only after the show on Wednesday that he and I are the, like the, the age. He was 52 like I am now. He was 52 when he took me to the ball game and watched Tug McGraw strike out Willie Wilson to end the World Series, and uh, all the different stuff that happened that night it was just an amazing time. And so uh, Tug has since passed on. But I did find this uh, conversation I had with him, and it's actually about an event that he and his wife, Diane, who had a marketing company, were doing celebrating Philadelphia. So I want to play back that conversation for you since this is the, the 40-year anniversary week, and that was actually the midpoint. Having Tug on in 2000 was the 20-year anniversary, and at the time they were planning some special events to celebrate the 20-year anniversary. So kind of woven throughout the interview, it is about an event that's already come and gone, a bunch of things already happened in that regard. But all throughout, you get a number of things, including Tug's sense of humor, which he was very much known for. You get some baseball history. You get kind of a time capsule feel too, with him. Some of the stuff that he he says and shares about the city of Philadelphia at the time, and some other things too. So I thought, you know what? Let's let's air that today. I have a ton of these uh, sorts of things. I just haven't had honestly the chance to go through them, and uh, they're on my desk. They've been on my desk for two years, (laughs) frankly, since I started doing the program. Like I'd like to incorporate this periodically. And so I'm thankful just before the program is able to kind of get everything together and uh, and make that happen and, and bring it together. So that's what we'll do as things go along. Before any of that, though, I would be remiss in not reminding you there are a ton of contests going on at WFAL.com. Uh, so help yourself and get on board with that maybe over the course of the weekend and uh, get get involved. Enjoy the opportunity to win different things. Uh, there's a family movie night contest going on. You can win a six-box office smash hit pack from the Kendrick Brothers, Flywheel, Fireproof, Courageous, a number of others. You can actually enter every day for the next several weeks, and uh, maybe win a nice pack of movies. There's another thing going on right now. The Casting Crowns start right here sweepstakes, and it's uh, it's part of the release of their new song "Start Right Here," where lead singer Mark Hall would actually personally lead you in a Bible study experience. It's a five day deal grand prize involves a virtual kickoff with lead singer Mark Hall. You chat with Mark, he intros the study. An iPad Pro is part of that. A Start Right Here journal, a copy of each of Mark Hall's books. There are a lot of other first and second prize level winners too. You can also enter every day for that over the next couple of weeks with bonus entry opportunities for sharing on social media. That's the Casting Crown Start Right Here sweepstakes with WFIL. I'm going to play the song for you right now so you can kind of get jazzed about the contest. You can get uh, entered on the contest and surveys page at WFIL.com. We'll come back after the song, wrap up the uh, first segment here, and then we'll be looking to bring on Reverend Al Sharpton on the program followed by the segments I mentioned, the Tug McGraw interview, and uh, also the uh, Now That's Punny segment to cap things off. Lots to do today. It's our famous Friday show. This is Casting Crowns and Start Right Here at WFIL.
0: We want our coffee in the lobby watch our worship on the screen right right
1: am560wfl.com on the app that start right here from casting crowns again that's tied with our start right here sweepstakes check it out in WFL's rewards club uh, with the rewards club I should say on our contest and surveys page at WFIL.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Reverend Al Sharpton's going to join us. He has a new book out we're going to chat about. We also have that interview with Tug McGraw to re-air for you. And uh, right now that's a punny segment on the back end of the program. Lots to do today. Thanks for listening to The Tim DeMoss Show. It's WFIL.
2: Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at wfil.com.
1: 417 on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL in Philadelphia, thank you for listening in, civil rights leader, politician, TV and radio host, a number of other things too, and author of a book called Rise Up, Reverend Al Sharpton on the program, hello Reverend Sharpton, how are you?
3: I'm good. How are
1: you? Wonderful. Thank you for taking time to chat a bit. As far Thank as you. The, yeah, sure. As far as the book Rise Up, um, how long has you have you been working on this? And has it been something you really want to make sure comes out at this time, heading into the election? Has that been part of the, the the hope for it?
3: Yes, I started working on it last year because I really wanted to challenge us to deal with the fact that the country is at the crossroads with this administration. Uh, really trying to reverse many of the things that we had built up toward for years. And then I kept delaying the release because I kept updating it uh, after George Floyd happened, and I was central in that, and then other things happened. So I really wrote all the way up to the end of July. Uh, But I wanted, uh, as things kept unraveling, I wanted to get it out enough time for people to read it before the election, to choose which road, They think the country should go ahead to rise up and really bring people out to vote.
1: Chapter six, there's lots we could talk about, but just for the interest of time, I I picked one in particular. Chapter six, every man is your brother, immigration control and our shared humanity. Uh, I don't presume to be an expert on immigration. I can just imagine there are lots of reasons why someone would want to come to the U.S. Some reasons are good, build a life here, might be sad, like trying to escape danger. Could also be, you know, bad, maybe conducting business is not so good. Um, but what are your thoughts on how to approach immigration in terms of caring for people, loving them, being wise, how it's done? And but not just also at the point of entry, but over time, how to help them grow roots in a good way.
3: I think that uh, we must have a humane system of immigration. And I think that we should help people. And I think that there should be a fair process over time. But the question is uh, whether or not we're going to have a uniform System that works for everyone. And to stereotype uh, people uh, calling Mexicans rapists and to buy based on nationality. We can't have a foreign policy at the southern border and a different one at the northern border, mm-hmm. where we want to build a wall at the southern border, but we build a bridge from Detroit to Canada uh, so people can gamble on the northern border. When according to this administration, more terrorist suspects come across the Canadian border than the southern border. I think we have to have a uniform immigration policy that works for everyone the same way.
1: Reverend Sharpton, with regard to activism, which you obviously have spent much of your life doing, there's the political part, including what this book is hoping to, to achieve, but also um, individuals. So, what, what emphasis do you personally place on the individual to, co- you know, so to speak, be the change that they hope to see? regardless of who it winds up being in office next January?
3: I think that they must be committed to standing for justice and standing for what is fair for everyone. You cannot fight for anyone's civil rights without fighting for everyone's civil rights. And you must do it in a dignified way. I'm talking there about some of the things that Mrs. Coretta Scott King, Dr. King's Widow, would always reprimand me about. Watch your language, Al. Don't uh, uh, say anything that could be inferred to be encouraging anything but nonviolent protest and trying to correct evil. Don't become part of what you're fighting. Mahatma Gandhi said we must be the change that we seek. And I think that a lot of us must continue to work on being disciplined so that we become a billboard for the kind of people that we claim we want to see society to do.
1: What are you most passionate about in the work that you do?
3: I'm most passionate about making sure that we lift people that have been marginalized and dismissed into being the priority of trying to have their access to the goods and services of this country equally to everyone else. And that can be those in my race, in my community, or those in others. But I think the exclusion and marginalizing of people is what drives me to fight because I understand that marginalization and exclusion because I've had to deal with it in my own life.
1: Reverend Sharpton, last question for you. Just uh, on a personal note, is there anything listeners can pray for you about I know that you're a man of faith, loves the Lord, uh, anything that you personally could use prayer for?
3: I can say that as a man of faith that, Throughout the Bible, there was always struggle against those that had power, that misused them. second book in the Bible was Exodus. What is Exodus? An Exodus of slaves from bondage. So as a man of faith that believes in the Scriptures, I believe that we have to stand up against what is wrong, even wickedness in high places. But we first must stand up with the wickedness within ourselves to make ourselves the vessels that can question those in high places.
1: Reverend Sharpton, thank you so much for taking time today. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.
3: God bless you. Thank
1: you. Reverend L. Sharpton, the new book is called Rise Up, Confronting a Country at the Crossroads. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Quick break. We'll come back and get a special interview going. I mentioned earlier at the top of the hour. I'll explain it again with uh, Tug McGraw, an interview I did with him in 2000, as this is the 40-year anniversary of the Phillies winning the World Series. It's going to be a fun flashback or pun segment, caps things off as well. Plenty of time to go, lots to do. Back in a moment with uh, with that interview with Tug McGraw in a second on WFIL.
2: Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4-5 till on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
1: 426 on the Tim Demar Show. How's it going? Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I'm excited to dig back in the archives. I haven't done this this far back on the program, the couple of years we've been doing this show. Uh, but since this is the 40-year anniversary of the Phillies winning the World Series specifically just a couple of nights ago, 40 years ago, this past Wednesday, I was looking around, thinking around, like, how can I celebrate that a little bit? I have a player to have contact with, did not manage to get them on the program in time. But I remembered I had an interview with Tug McGraw that I did back in 2000. I was able to locate it. And uh, what I want to do for you today is play back this interview with Tug. The reason he was on the show with me, this is January 2000. Uh, Tug, of course, struck out Willie Wilson to end the World Series back in 1980. I was there with my dad. And thousands of others, amazing time. Folks know where they were. If they weren't at the game, wherever you happen to be. And um, anyhow, he came on the program in January of 2000 because at that point, it was 20 years after the World Series had been won. And he and his wife, Diane, who had a PR company at that point in their lives, were uh, doing a bunch of events, planning a Phillies reunion and planning all kinds of different things. So I thought about it. like, you know what? This would be kind of fun. He, he passed away a number of years ago. Uh, but I, I thought – Uh, um, it'd be great to be able to kind of remember that time because Tug was a very funny guy. Um, So in this little conversation I'm going to play for you, you'll hear that. You'll hear some Phillies baseball and baseball in general. You'll hear some history of the city as he talks about it. And uh, we even have a fun clip on the back end as, as our interview at that time wrapped up going into traffic with John Butterworth still does traffic, for our sister station on 990, Philadelphia's AM 990, the answer. So I'm going to play three clips for you. Uh, they're segments, so I'll kind of break in between so folks can know what's going on because this, uh, obviously, Tug McGraw has, has passed on. So, um, you know, it's obviously not a live interview, but I want people to know what's going on and why. So here we go. This is a celebrate the 40-year anniversary just a couple nights ago, and uh, this is where, at the time I was doing radio, and was bringing Tug McGraw on to a morning show I was hosting Doing radio on 990 AM. Hey, at this moment, we'd like to bring in Tug McGraw, former relief pitcher extraordinaire for the Philadelphia Phillies. Good morning, Tug. Good
4: morning, Tim. How are you?
1: Wonderful. When we last left our hero, he was busy striking out Willie Wilson.
4: Thank that, you. that was a long time ago, 20 years, as a matter of fact.
1: Thank you for doing that, by the way.
4: Oh, <laughs> changed my life.
1: I bet it did.
4: Yeah. I
1: was in the stands that night as a wide-eyed 12-year-old.
4: You who, know what? There's There must have been 300,000 people at that game. <laughs> You're going to have to show me your ticket stuff.
1: I have it. I will show it to you.
4: Yeah, I think the Phillies got ripped off that night. The official (laughs) attendance was only (laughs) 64,000.
1: You played ball, what, a few more years after that?
4: I played up through the 94 season, or the 84 season.
1: Right. And then. what did you give folks a little bit of a history of what, what, happened, what you know, you, you, you've been doing since then? I know you haven't disappeared at all, but you know, you, uh, you're doing the public relations thing now, but you fill in the gaps if you could.
4: Well, we just had a lot of fun. I worked for Channel 6, you may remember, yes. for a while. That's right. Channel 6 Action News, WPVI, and, um, and then my wife got an opportunity. My wife was the, um, the director of the Philadelphia Sports Commerce uh, Commission, Okay. And they we were responsible for uh, bidding for events to come to the city and helping to run the Army Navy game and things like that. Yeah. And she got an opportunity. Disney was developing a sports uh a sports complex down in Orlando and the city of Orlando had no had no um sports commission. Okay. So they asked her to come down there and set that up and then she did that for two years and then Los Angeles was losing everything, including their old stadiums and ballparks and teams and so the mayor of Los Angeles um, asked Diane to come out and help them set up a sports entertainment commission. So we were on the road for a couple of years. Okay. And then we came back here. Our our middle boys, we have a, uh, a few years ago, our middle boys were ready to start high school. Hmm. And so we wanted the boys to go to high school around family out here in the Philadelphia area. My wife grew up in Ridley Park. Okay. So that was accomplished. We came back and we started a business, a sports and entertainment marketing business. And we've been kind of developing that business since we've been back, and we've been having a lot of fun.
1: Well, now you're outgoing and fun-loving, a people person and all that, so I suppose it's a pretty natural extension for you to be involved in this sort of thing.
4: Well, you still have to do solid work, you know. Sure. Um, and we, we're proud of the work we do, and uh, my wife has extensive background in sports marketing. And of course, I'm, I'm always interested in sports, and so, yeah, we put together some nice projects, and I think we're doing a good job and hope to do a lot more good work in the future.
1: 7.41 on the morning show with uh, Tug McGraw. Now, 20 years ago, the city was you know, shaking with excitement after that World Series win, and now in the year 2000, there's going to be some more celebrating going on, which you're heavily involved with the commemoration of the 20th anniversary of that. Maybe you can let folks know what's coming up in the next six months.
4: I'll tell you, Tim, hopefully this year, the year 2000, we start off the new millennium. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating the reunion of the Phillies. Well, I know we will be doing that, but hopefully the The current Phillies uh, looks like they could be on a roll, too. So it could be an unbelievable year for baseball. But 20 years ago, when Willie Wilson struck out, millions of people around the Delaware Valley jumped for joy. And it's always been my contention and the contention of my teammates that that we weren't the only ones that were happy just because we were players, uh, happy to the highest degree, I mean. But I think every fan... That had waited for so many years, and and all the vendors, all the police, even the dogs and horses were happy.
1: And <laughs> that they were.
4: And so what we're doing is is we're using that team, the nineteen sixty uh, the nineteen eighty Phillies, to celebrate Philadelphia and find out how people th- feel about things. Yeah. We're having uh, a gala weekend starting in June. June. Um, 15, 16, 17, and 18, where we're involved in the Itchy Rashburn Golf. I call him Itchy Rashburn. <laughs> I'm
1: sure he'd appreciate we're that. We're involved
4: in the Itchy Rashburn <laughs> Golf Tournament for Boy Scouts. We're bringing as many of the guys back for that as we can. Okay. And then the ALS auction at the ballpark that the Phillies run every year to raise money for Lou Gehrig's disease. Yes. We're going to have the guys down there helping to auction off items and, and uh, sign autographs. And then on Friday night, we're going to have a gala at the Academy of Music We're having a a cocktail party for 300 special guests and then the Academy of Music is open to the public for a gala and then a private dinner afterwards at Toto's Restaurant across the street on Locust. And the the uh, Peter Nero and the Philly Pops are going to play all the top hits from 1980. Wow! And then we're going to have our uh, we're going to have some of our guys, including myself, reading some baseball poetry along with the music. So, oh, cool! We think it's going to be a really great evening.
1: It's 4:33 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. I'm playing back for you an interview I did with Tuck McGraw 20 years ago, in January of uh, of 19 I'm sorry, of sorry of 2000. That was at the time the 20 year anniversary of the Phillies. Uh, winning the World Series. And of course, just a couple nights ago on, on Wednesday of this week was the 40-year anniversary of that. I was at the ball game with my dad, really uh, loved that opportunity. I'm 52 now. I was 12 then, and I'm realizing my dad was 52 then, and now he's 92, still with us, very grateful and doing well. 92 years young, he calls it advanced middle age. So uh, I just want to break in and let you know that this is what I'm playing back. I thought it'd be kind of fun to hear uh, his take on that, and here's some more history, if you will, in, in, in the process and Tug's sense of humor. I love that itchy Rashburn, of course, take off on Richie Ashburn. He used to play for the Phillies, one of the greatest of all time for the Phillies. Uh, forecast real quick, kind of cloudy today. 73 the high, 57 the low Night, 70 the high tomorrow. Still kind of cloudy, little sun thing. And then Sunday sunny for a while, but some clouds in the afternoon and a high of just 58. Eagles, of course, a nice 22-21 win last night. World Series Game 3 is tonight at 8.08. Dodgers and Tampa Bay tied at a game peace. Let me continue along now with our conversation with Tug McGraw. Now, you have a, a, is there a way for folks to kind of keep up on what's going on event-wise? Because uh, I, I think you were mentioning when I, I you know, ran into you on Monday at the Sports Writers' thing that you have some events that are kind of, you know they're going to happen, but there are still details to be firmed up.
4: Right. Well, we're going to make a, a public announcement in the Philadelphia Daily News, and okay. Channel 6 is going to be, the Fi- Philadelphia Daily News is one of our media partners. Okay. Along with Channel 6 and uh, and several radio stations, including your own. Yes. So we will be getting the word out to the public, and there will be a website and an address for them to, to uh, respond to. And the reason the public is to, going to want to respond is not just because of the gala weekend, but we're also having... You know, the baseball is full of metaphors. Right. And... For example, you've heard people say when Gary Maddox went after a fly ball, he was like poetry in motion. Yes. And you've heard people say, words can't describe that play or how I felt. Right. And so what we're doing is we're taking these metaphors and making them real for people to participate. We're having a poetry contest throughout the Delaware Valley for students and people at large to enter, enter our poetry contest. Oh, cool. To, see, to try to express through poetry how they feel and what it how they why they think winning is important right and then we're also having an art contest a photo contest and a music contest
1: and this would be open to
4: pretty oh, much anybody well we hope right now we're working to get it into the schools okay and then it's going to be alive all summer long and then in, in uh, the last month of the season, we're going we're gonna, to uh, choose our winners when school gets back in session. In the meantime, various children's organizations are welcome to, uh, to enter, and people at large, uh, adults and whoever else might be interested, will be uh, eligible to enter with the poetry, with the essays, with the art. And it doesn't just have to be like with a brush. It can be any form of art. Okay. And also with music and photography. We're also, hey, get this. We're doing a book. A book. And it's going to be called, Was It As Good For You? Wow. Yeah, (laughs) because we're having people who were impacted by the World Series in a special or interesting or funny or humorous way. Right. We're having them write their story and send it in, and we're going to publish all these stories of how the Phillies World Series and we're calling it the series of the century, well, because, because it's the only one that we won in the whole century. But you did win the one, yeah. And then we're interviewing all the Phillies players that were on the team at that time, and we're finding out how the World Series impacted their lives and and what they think about it twenty years later. Sure. And we're catching up with them on what they're doing today.
1: I'm sure folks would love to read, uh, you know, get all that uh, get all that together and say, "Wow, yeah," because I mean, it's great to go down memory lane. And, uh, and to relive. Well, where were you 20 years ago? You know, I really was in right field. I've only been to two World Series games in my life, but I was in right field. The nose bleeds, as they say, with my hands way up in the air, very excited about it. And uh, being a 12-year-old kid, growing up, watching you, watching Luzinski and Schmidt and all those guys, you know, go to the playoffs each year but never get to the World Series, it was such a wonderful thing when it finally came through because
4: it's not a guarantee by any stretch, obviously. And, you know, everybody felt – there was no nobody felt any better than the next whether you were a player or no matter what your role was as being part of the Phillies and part of the baseball uh, world, if you were a fan in in the Northeast or out in uh, Harrisburg or up in Bloomsburg, no matter where you were, you felt just as good when the Phillies won the World Series as people that were at the ballpark. And normally when teams are celebrating reunions and anniversaries, they have a night at the ballpark and then it's over. Right. And, and, and really, only the people at the ballpark get a chance to celebrate it. So this, in this fashion, using these other mediums, we're reaching out to the community at large, and we're giving everybody an opportunity to participate. You
1: hey, listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Tug McGraw interview I'm, uh, I did back in January of 20, uh, sorry, 2000, 20 years ago. And just playing back for you some of that in honor of the fact that it's the 40-year anniversary now of the World Championship. Just happened a couple of nights ago, that, that anniversary. Play back some more of that for you on the other side of things and also have our Now That's Punny segment to cap our program off with. It's all coming up here on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL.
2: It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Phillies won the World Series 40 years ago this week, a couple nights ago. 20 years ago, I had the one and only Tug McGraw on the program I was doing at the time on 990, our sister station a Christian Music Station, and he was uh, helping promote an event, a 20-year reunion, and all kinds of stuff to celebrate the 20-year, at that time, anniversary of the Phillies World Series. Dug that up. Found that and wanted to share it with you today. This is the conclusion of that conversation with Tug McGraw. Now, uh, we're chatting with Tug McGraw for those just joining us. Uh, 747, if you remember, yes, Tug McGraw, who struck out Willie Wilson and threw his arms up in the air, and everyone was so excited. The electricity was amazing uh, back in 1980. Uh, Kind of recreating some of that this year and the excitement about baseball that's been been building in the past couple years with McGuire and Sosa's home runs and some of the other things going on.
4: Uh, With all the events
1: you're working on, how, there is there a need at all for people to pitch in? Do you have any volunteer needs or? Well,
4: we we certainly will. Yes. Okay. And, and um, you know, this is we're kicking this off probably on. We're we're going to be gradually letting the word out to the public in the next couple of weeks. Okay. The official kickoff date I think is going to be around the first part of February. Okay. So uh, and we'll have all the uh, the website. We'll have phone numbers and addresses where people can. And get in touch. Okay. And it's just, we hope, you know, you remember when baseball season used to start? You say you were 12 in 1980, but when I first came to the big leagues in 1965 and we came into Philadelphia, I was with the Mets. Right. And we stayed downtown at the Bellevue. Well, all the, at the beginning of baseball season, all the department store windows and retail windows were full of Phillies uh, pennants and memorabilia. They used to dress up mannequins in Phillies uniforms next to the latest fashions. Right, and and people were so enthusiastic about baseball season starting. So working, we're working with the CCD, the Center City District, uh-huh. and we're, we're trying to initiate another window dressing contest to, to uh, open the season for the Phillies this year in the theme of the 1980 World Championship. So we just, we're just trying to start off the new century, creating new interest, a new fan base, and new excitement over baseball because without sports in our community, it's really how do we express our pride? Yeah. So and we can express it through poetry and through essays and through through art and everything but using baseball as a medium we think that it's going to be very very exciting.
1: Now you you do have a, a number of different things going on and it does sound like I mean this is really going to be a big undertaking and a, a widespread thing. You have some of the former teammates coming along at different junctures. Do, do you have some people confirmed who said yeah I'll help out maybe not you don't know exactly what events they'll be at, but who might be on board for this?
4: Oh yeah, exactly. I've talked to most of every guy on the team and they're all very excited about our reunion this year. Hmm. And a lot of these events are, are going to be sponsored and we're looking for sponsors as we speak. Okay. And and the the sponsors hopefully what we'll do is we'll build into the sponsorship or add on separately. Opportunities for the players to go out to the sponsors and and make appearances at wherever they feel appropriate, oh, cool. whether it be at their company, whether it be at retail outlets, whether it be at banquets and or youth organizations or schools. so our guys are going to be out there all summer long promoting the Phillies and and celebrating our our reunion.
1: Very good now there is something at the ballpark I'm trying to remember is it the, is it that June fifteenth weekend?
4: Oh yeah, I left Vic- off with the with the gala on Friday night on Saturday. We're having a, um, at the ballpark, we're having a pregame ceremony where the guys are going to be brought back into town and introduced, and maybe there'll be some sort of a hitting contest or whatever. Okay. And uh, so we'll introduce all the guys, and, and everybody can come down and see if we've gained any weight or not.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. But You
4: know, in, in staying in touch with the guys over the course of the last several years, uh, everybody looks really healthy. I don't really? think our team has gained more than about a hundred pounds collectively in all those years.
1: Sounds like a scrimmage might be in order here. There you
4: go. Uh, you know. Uh, now that that doesn't count, Luzinski. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tug McGraw has been uh, our guest on the morning show today. Uh, just getting very excited about the different events that he's going to be helping commemorate. Are, are the Phillies actually officially. Are you working with the Phillies in this? Uh,
3: Absolutely. The okay. Phillies are our
4: partners, along with your radio station, along with Channel Six WPVI. And leading the way is the Philadelphia Daily News. They were the first ones to to come aboard and realize that this was an opportunity to really generate a lot of excitement in the city this summer. Okay. So we're really grateful to them. And, of course, we're looking for uh, title sponsors now to help us run some of these events and right. cover the cost of some of these events.
1: Very good. Very good. And I believe, uh, Knucklehead, are you there? Yes, I am. <laughs> you want to say <laughs> well, hi. Are you a quiet
4: one this morning?
1: That's <laughs> no, because I'm busier than a one-armed paper hanger. <laughs> How you been, John? Good. Good. Good you guys had uh, John mentioned earlier you guys had done some work together on the leukemia board, was that right? You yeah, are both on the board of directors of leukemia at one time, okay, yep,
4: yeah, yeah well, we've, t- we've been hanging around for a while now.
1: we always see each other at luncheons where they're serving rubber chicken and string beans with the, the some kind of nuts in them
4: <laughs> I think we were the nuts
1: well, exactly
4: <laughs> and there was
1: always some mystery sauce on there too.
4: yeah just call me hazel. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Tug. Hey, it's good to hear from you guys, and I uh, hope you guys join us and help us generate a lot of excitement for this summer. Uh, the Phillies are going to come back in the year 2000 and celebrate our 20th anniversary, and we're going to inspire. Yes. We're going to inspire Scott Rowland and the boys. Are you Mike Are you thumping your glove on your leg again?
2: <laughs> hey, Tug, are you thumping your glove on your leg again? Well, that's a personal question. <laughs> no, remember when you won the World Series? You were you whacking
1: your glove on the on your leg. You were so excited; it was fabulous. Yeah,
4: we're going to do that. I'll be doing that all summer long.
1: <laughs> okay. You know
4: what, Tug? By the
1: way, you know when uh, when we were at that Monday night thing, you know Pete Rose had talked about wanting to kind of come on board and help show the the guys who had played together. He said, you know, they were good players—Schmidt and Luzinski and Maddox—and all But they're all the same age. And when the reason he came to Philadelphia for less money was to kind of help help uh, show them the way a little bit and show them how to win, and uh, and so maybe you guys coming out and being involved so closely with this team, which is growing into, you know, to, they're all the same age, and they're early to mid-20s, uh, late-20s, that you guys might be a little bit of an inspiration. In all seriousness, it really well could happen.
4: I hope so. One of the things that Pete brought to our team, he raised the caliber of play simply by being Pete Rose. We knew how dedicated he was, and we knew that he came from the big, big red machine. Right. And Every time we went on the field with Pete Rose, and I can speak not only for myself but all the other guys on the team, because I know we talked about it. All we talked was baseball back then. And everywhere we went, we were together talking about baseball, at least most of the time. Right. And realistically. (laughs) Right. And and Pete Rose, every time I came into a ball game, I wanted Pete Rose to remember Tug McGraw as being the best relief pitcher he was ever on a team with. Schmitty wanted him to remember him as the best third baseman ever, Boa, trio. everybody.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
4: And so... What we want to do this summer is inspire these guys that we were the best team in the history of yeah. Philadelphia. There you are. And now <laughs> Scott Rowland and Mike Lieberthal and Kurt Schilling and all the boys, yeah. all they have to do is win a world championship. That's right. And they have a chance to be the best team in the in the <laughs> century. That's right. In
1: 2000. Yeah, right. Well, if the last century was any indication.
4: That's right. Thanks again, Tug, very much. It's a fresh start. Keep up the great work. It is a fresh start. We look forward to talking to you and give you updates and more information with uh, places to call and places to email and places to write as we get more and more into this thing. And hopefully you guys will help us spread the word. Sounds good. Wonderful. Will
1: do. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. A great Tug McGraw on our program back in January 2001 to air that for you in conjunction with the fact that the Phillies' 40-year anniversary, 40 years, uh, was just a couple nights ago. And uh, obviously he's passed on and not able to be interviewed, whatever, but some neat memories there, time capsule type stuff. And of course, the uh, well-known Tug McGraw humor part of the conversation, too. Speaking of humor, now that punny segment's coming up in just a moment.
2: Hang on for that. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
1: It's 4.53 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Time for Now That's Funny. Fast Eddie Kayazzo in to help out since Danny has moved on to a new job. If you've been paying attention, you're aware of that. But no fear, no problem. You've subbed before, haven't you?
5: I have. I think you're worried, though, this time, Tim.
1: Well, I have reason to be. But... But not a lot of reason to be. I think you're going to do fine. All right. I've shown you all the buttons are, all the special effects, and uh, I think you'll do great. Andy. Are you ready?
5: I am ready.
1: So, Eddie, when does a joke become a dad joke? When the punchline is apparent. parent. <clears throat> Sometimes I tuck my knees into my chest and lean forward. That's just how I roll.
5: What would you
1: do with a brain if you had one? That's harsh. My teachers, Eddie, told me that when I was back in high school, I would never amount to much because I procrastinated so much. I said to them, just you wait. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Tip your waitress enjoy the veal. We'll be here all weekend. Mm. Hey, Eddie, want to hear a roof joke? Sure. Person's on the house. Uh. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Thank you. What did the beaver say to the tree? Uh-oh. It's been nice knowing you. That was a Price is Right one, wasn't it? If I remember correctly.
5: It's a bump up a bump, Tim.
1: Oh, yeah. I like it. Eddie, how did the hipster burn his mouth?
5: Oh, I can't wait to hear this one.
1: <laughs> he ate pizza before it was cool. Ah. <laughs> Speaking of pizza, last night I was sitting down watching watch the Eagles game and the debate. Mostly the Eagles game because I kind of figured I'd know what the debate was about or whatever. But I figured I'd watch it later. Made some snacks. I actually burnt my Hawaiian pizza last night. Mm. Probably should have cooked it on a low-hot temperature.
5: Mm.
4: Thank you. <coughs> Thank you very much. That's
5: that's because you're eating Hawaiian pizza. Go ahead.
1: Oh, you have a thing against Hawaiian
5: pizza. It's just not... It's. Ham and pineapple? You don't like that? I like ham and pineapple, not on pizza.
1: Okay. It's not my favorite, but I'll, I'll do it. Anything on pizza I'll do, pretty much. Speaking of burning stuff, I actually threw my toaster away recently because I kept burning my bread. You could say I'm black toast intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Eddie, you know what they say about cliffhangers? You are waiting. You are waiting for the punchline. I don't like to air dirty laundry, um, but my wife actually recently accused me the other day of being too immature. And I said to her, No girls allowed in my fort. (laughs) 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 Just a couple more and we'll put you out of your misery, Eddie. Mm. I dated a girl in college. Uh, but broke things off because she would not stop counting. It drove me crazy. I wonder what she's up to now. <laughs> stop, it. you like that. Folks don't know. But speaking of side jobs, both Eddie and I actually DJ. We do weddings and parties, right? Yes, sir. You, and you see, I understand you sing. I do. Right? Yes. So, when you are in financial difficult times, sure. You know, are you a troubled man? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's looking at you, kid. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, coming down the home stretch. Think about this going into the weekend, all right? Smoking will kill you. Yes. Bacon will kill you. Mm-hmm. But smoking bacon will cure it. Mm. Indeed! And on that note, we sail into the sunset, Fast Eddie. Have a wonderful weekend. You too, Tim. This and it, has been fun. Yeah. Any big plans for you? <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm planning a charity golf outing.
1: Oh, lovely. Yes. So nothing to do. Just show up and everything's taken care of? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm excited. That's good. Good for you. We got girls soccer tomorrow and Sunday and... Other stuff happening, too. And catch up on some bills and sleep.
5: You might like this. This is actually benefiting. This golf outing is benefiting a local soccer club. I won't say which one because okay. they might be rivals. But isn't that cool? That's very cool. Yeah.
1: Charity work's a good thing. You enjoy your weekend. Uh, just a quick update before we wrap up the program, too. I uh, did the math and added it up. Man, we are making great progress. We are now up to 86 radios in our partnership with Transworld Radio. Just 82 to go. They $50. If you want to cover the cost of one or two, maybe you can do three or four over the weekend. 888 5656 to help out. 888-988-5656 or at WFIL.com. They're a special wind-up variety and don't need to be plugged in. Perfect for being able to spread the gospel in Africa. We're very grateful for all who have helped out. Once again, 888-988-5656, whatever you can do will be wonderful, or at WFIL.com. Tell a friend about the program if you would. Have a wonderful weekend. Looking forward to seeing you on Monday.
2: Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.